Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, folks, uh, and welcome to Luke's English Podcast. Um, in the last podcast, I talked about anecdotes, and then you listened to a couple of anecdotes by some BBC radio DJs. Um, in this podcast, you're going to listen to um, me and a friend of mine called Andy uh, just talking and sharing anecdotes um, about uh, petty crime. So we're still on the subject of petty crime. Um, so you'll hear us basically sharing about four anecdotes. So you can just listen to those and I will stop them after each anecdote and kind of explain some of the vocabulary that um, we used in the conversations. OK, so that's it. Here is the first part of the conversation between me and Andy. Here we go. Right, Andy. So I've been talking about anecdotes yeah. in the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, everyone's got like a set of anecdotes that they that they kind of tell, right? Yeah. And they know them by heart, and they you know they've told them so many times, and they know how it's going to work. And yeah. They know what's funny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I thought what we could do is uh, share a few of our. Amusing anecdotes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice one. Um, so uh, let's see. Have you got? You know, do you want to kick off? Do you want to? Do you want to get started with uh, one of your own first? Or, um, or do you want me to start and you can just listen and, and enjoy? I can tell you my... an anecdote. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you right. an anecdote. Um, this is um, when I was at university. Yes. In my second year, yeah. uh, we we lived um, in in Lancaster, in the town of Lancaster, and. Yeah. Uh, which is a small town in the north of England near the Lake District. And yeah. um, one evening, me and my friend got arrested. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, somehow I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> well, what did it, you do? Um, well, uh, let me tell you the story. We, we'd been out to uh, a nightclub, and I think it was like January or February, but there was a lot of snow on the ground. It was mm. really, really cold, and we were walking back, and, you know, we were in a good mood. And we had a few drinks, obviously. And um, for some reason, we thought it would be funny to start throwing snowballs at the local police station. Right. Always a fun thing to do on a, on a Friday night. Uh, yeah, throw was, stuff at the police station. <laughs> throw snowballs at the police station. I don't know why we were doing it, and I don't know what we were trying to achieve. But So we were throwing snowballs at the police station. Um, uh, this is my, my friend Gareth and I. And, um, of course, the police came out. Yeah. And they told us to stop, and they told us to go home. Look here. I, it appears that you are throwing snowballs at the police station, and we recommend that you go <laughs> home immediately, go to bed, and uh, sleep off 
your drunken state. <laughs> it wasn't even like that. It was more just a case of, why don't you just grow up and go home? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, fair point. So anyway, so I turned around to go, but just as I was turning round, my friend Gareth was stood behind me, and this snowball came flying over my head from him, yeah. and it hit the policeman <laughs> in his hat. He didn't have a helmet, he had one of those little hats on and it knocked yeah. his hat off. Oh, goodness. And of course we start laughing hysteric hysterically and we start running away <laughs> because that's what you do. And um, <laughs> they gave chase in the car. Oh. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a high-speed chase because we were laughing so much and falling over in the snow that they, they just came up and they, they basically stopped the car, they put us in the back of the car, they took us down to the police station mm. and they put us in the cells for the night. Blimey. Um, and we weren't charged with anything, but we were given like a, a verbal caution. But um, I, yeah. you know, I, I was obviously very, I, I really regretted it as soon as it happened. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I was very, you know, contrite and quiet in the police cell and just, you know, very apologetic. Yeah. But my, Sorry, officer. Yeah. I didn't mean to throw the snowball. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. <laughs> well, I'm terribly sorry. Whereas my friend Gareth, he got really indignant and really angry, and he's going, "This is ridiculous. You should go out and, you know, catch proper criminals and all that kind of stuff." Yeah. And they said, "Okay, we're going to put you in cell number eight. Oh yeah. Well, what's <clears throat> what's special about cell number eight? Well. Um, it was a really small one, and it was down in the corner, and it was apparently it was really cold all night. Right. And uh, in the morning, you know, there was a knock on the door on my cell, and yeah. I was given like a full cooked breakfast with mm. like bacon and eggs and sausage Lovely. and beans. Police breakfast. Police breakfast. Yeah, it was really you know, and a cup of tea, you know. And he was like, "How'd you take your tea?" And I was like, "Milk, please. Two sugars, okay. Come in right up." And it was nice. you know, it was like a, it was like well, it wasn't like a hotel, of course. I was I was I was in a prison cell, but Gareth didn't get anything. Ah, oh, well, <laughs> see, he's a radical. Because he obviously. was mouthing off, he didn't get any breakfast whatsoever. So, they obviously, they released us with just, like, a slap on the wrists and, you know, mm -hmm. told us not to do it again. Yeah. And we got outside, and I was actually quite happy. I was like, I've had a really good breakfast, you know. <laughs> and Gareth's like, well, you had breakfast? I didn't get anything. Yeah, well, it serves him right, you know. He shouldn't have thrown a snowball at a policeman's hat. Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't get, you know, worse treatment. Because the policeman's hat, you know... It's and a sacred thing. It's a sacred thing. Well. If it gets knocked off, you know, someone's going in jail, basically. When a policeman's hat hits the ground, people will be punished. Exactly. And, and Gareth was published. Uh, published? Punished. <laughs> Gareth was punished. He's punished. Not, he's kind of published now, I guess, but it was, on the podcast. It was strange. I mean, for the, the, next, you know, the next few days, we were kind of like, oh, I can't believe that happened. You know, we've just got to really, got to really behave now. Don't ever let anything like that happen again. Mm. But now I just look back and I thought, it was just one of the strangest nights of my life, the night I got arrested. For, for the snowball. <clears throat> Snow-related crimes. I didn't even do anything. It was yeah. Gareth. Snow crime, officer. <laughs> Snow joke. <laughs> <laughs> Luke. <laughs> okay, so that's the first part of the conversation. And there you heard Andy's anecdote about being arrested by the police when he was uh, at university. Just um, to help you understand that, um, I'm going to kind of retell the anecdote in a simple way just to help you um, to understand it, right? So basically, um, this happened when Andy was at university and it was, I think it was January or February, so it was very cold. There was snow everywhere. Um, he was with his friend, and um, they had been drinking, so they were kind of drunk. And it was probably like late on a Friday night, and they were quite drunk, walking home. 
They walked past the police station, and because they were just, you know, a bit drunk, they decided to start throwing snowballs at the police station. Uh, the, the, they were having a lot of fun throwing snowballs at the police station, just kind of a stupid idea, really, but they were enjoying themselves doing it. The police came out and said, come on, stop doing that, just grow up and go home. And um, apparently Andy's friend, who was standing behind him, then threw a snowball at one of the policemen, and the snowball hit the policeman's hat, and the hat fell on the ground, and uh, Andy and his friend started laughing, and they ran away. Uh, the police got in the car and chased them, but they didn't have to go very far because Andy and his friend hadn't run very far. So the police just caught up with them in the car and stopped them and said, right, come with us. And they took them to the police station. And um, Andy's friend was very angry, saying, I can't believe you're doing this. You should be out stopping real criminals and so they put his friend in cell number eight which is i think was the coldest most uncomfortable cell and he stayed in another cell overnight and um in the morning andy was given breakfast a full english breakfast with a cup of tea but his friend didn't get anything um that's it that's andy's story so now i'm going to just um repeat some of the um, expressions that Andy and me used in that conversation and just explain them to you and then we'll continue and listen to the second part of the conversation. You can see the expressions um, that I'm about to explain on the web page so if you want to see them written just go to the web page um, http colon forward slash forward slash teacherluke.podomatic.com Go there, you can read the expressions and study them. I'm not going to uh, repeat um, everything that we said. I'm just going to say the expression once and then give you a, a definition of it. Okay? So, first of all, um, Andy said, they know them by heart. Um, he's talking about anecdotes. When people kind of have anecdotes that they remember, they know them by heart. If you know something by heart, it means you, um, you've remembered it. You've uh, remembered every detail. So, for example, when you're learning English, um, you would repeat vocabulary until you know it by heart. And that way you don't need to read it. It's, it's written down. So you know it. But uh, you, you don't need to read it. It's in your head. You know it by heart. OK, the next one was um, he didn't have a helmet. He had one of those little hats and it knocked his hat off. So he's talking about the policeman's hat. And the snowball knocked the hat off. So the snowball hit the hat and the hat fell onto the ground. Uh, the snowball knocked the hat off. Okay. Um, we started laughing hysterically. We started laughing hysterically. So if you laugh, obviously that means ha 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 ha, right? You laugh. But if you laugh hysterically, it means you laugh like when you're really crazy um, and you just laugh in an out-of-control way. Um, let's see, shall I demonstrate that for you? Um, okay, I'm going to laugh hysterically for you now. Um, I probably can't do this very well, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, so it'd be like that. <laughs> like that. Okay, that probably sounded like I was going insane. 
but I was just demonstrating uh, laughing hysterically. Um, okay, they put, they put us in cells for the night. A cell is just another word for a jail, like a small um, jail, you know, just for one person in a police station. Um, Andy said, they put us in the cells for the night, and I said, blimey. Now, blimey is just um, a way to express surprise or shock. And it's kind of a British English expression, blimey. And it means blind me, actually. So it's like when you, when you hear something or you see something that's amazing, you go, blimey. It's quite an old expression. It used to mean, God blind me, right? So, you know, you'd say, if you saw something amazing, you'd say, God blind me. But these days we just say, blimey, which is like another way to say, wow. Um, next one was, we weren't charged with anything. Um, if you are arrested by the police uh, they, and they think that they can take you to court, um, they will charge you with something. Okay, so first you get, you get arrested, that means you are taken to the police station and then they interview you. And if they think that um, they can take you to court for something, they will charge you, right? So, for example, um, you can be charged with murder. That means that the police believe that you're guilty of murder and uh, they think that they can um, get a conviction. Um, so we, were char we weren't charged with anything. We were given a verbal caution. A verbal caution is just when the police say, don't do it again. So they don't actually charge you with anything. They just give you a caution. They say, you've been very naughty. Don't do it again. Uh, the next thing was... Um, I was very contrite and quiet and very apologetic, right? Uh, contrite means that you, you feel very sorry or you're very regretful, okay? Uh, so Andy was very contrite um, and quiet and very apologetic. Apologetic is the, ad, uh, the adjective uh, to describe when someone is apologizing a lot. They are very apologetic. So, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Contrite and apologetic. Um, Andy said, my friend Gareth, he got really indignant and really angry. Well, indignant is just another word for angry. Okay. Indignant, angry. If you're indignant, it's kind of like you'd say, I can't believe that you're doing this. This is disgusting. This is absolutely terrible. So he was very indignant and angry. Uh, and the next one was, because he was mouthing off, he didn't get anything. Um, so he's talking about, Andy's talking about his friend Gareth. Gareth was, was mouthing off. Uh, mouthing is uh, to mouth is uh, like the verb for the, the noun mouth. So if you're mouthing off, it means you're complaining, uh, being angry, um, saying a lot of angry things. So for example, I can't believe you're doing this. This is disgusting. He was mouthing off. So complaining loudly, you could say. Um, all right, because he was mouthing off, he didn't get anything. He didn't get any breakfast. They released us with a slap on the wrist. So your wrist is the part of your arm, let's say, 
uh, between your arm and your hand. That's your wrist. And if you get a slap on the wrist, it's like, like that. You know, like, for example, if uh, as a child, if you try to steal uh, something, like if you try and steal some food from the table and your mother slaps your hand or slaps your wrist and says, stop it, like that. So a slap on the wrist. It's like a little, like a, you know, just a small punishment. And the police gave them a slap on the wrist. They didn't actually charge them with a crime. They just said, you've been very naughty, don't do it again, right? So the police didn't actually physically slap their wrists, but they did it by putting them in the jail cells overnight. Um, okay, and then at the end of the conversation there, um, let's see, Andy and I said a couple of really bad jokes uh, on the word snow. I said, um, snow crime officer, snow crime, and that's just a joke because it sounds like it's no crime. It is no crime, or it's no crime, or it's no crime, snow crime. <laughs> Hilarious. And then Andy said, snow joke, Luke, snow joke, it's no joke, Luke, snow joke, yeah. Brilliant, isn't it? Just hilarious. The, the British sense of humour, they're just um, a perfect example of the British sense of humour. Amazing. Right, next you're going to hear the rest, uh, or the, the second part of the conversation. And this is where um, I tell a little anecdote about uh, a kind of experience that I had with the police when I was younger. So here it is. What right. about you then? Um, well, I thought on the subject of being arrested, um, you know, I, I consider myself to be a law-abiding citizen, generally speaking. Yeah. You know, with the, with a few minor indiscretions <clears throat> under my belt, but generally, I'm quite a sort of you know an honest, law-abiding person. But when I was when I was twelve, <laughs> I, I did have a run-in with the police. All right. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't like a, a naughty child. I wasn't um, a bad boy or mm. anything like that. I was mm. quite a nice little kid. Um, and uh, But my brother and I were both very into skateboarding oh, at the okay. time, yeah. right? Particularly my brother, who's two years older than me. So he was 14, you know, he was, he was basically two years older than me, I think, mm. right? And um, so he was really into skating. Mm. And we, he used to go into Birmingham because we lived in Birmingham at the time. So he used to go into the centre of Birmingham, which is kind of like this big city, and go skateboarding with all his skater friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it sort of in the, right in the centre? In the, is, it, is it St Anne's Square or something like there's, that? Well, there's, there's a few different spots where mm. you can go skateboarding, mm. but we went to a place called Fletcher's Walk, okay. which is a kind of indoor shopping precinct. Shouldn't be skateboarding in there, Shouldn't be skateboarding in there, exactly. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's a very quiet place, really, yeah. and not many people were there. But anyway, we, we were skateboarding in there, and it was like my brother and all his skateboarding friends and me, you know, the little 12-year-old kid who was just kind of going along just to hang out with, with all the older skateboarders. With a squeaky little voice. That's right. And I was like with, my, I with, I was like with my little skateboard skating around, <laughs> you know, uh, slightly nervous, slightly scared of the older yeah. boys, but nevertheless, you know, having an interesting time. Did, Ste you, did you think you were cool, though? Uh, no, I didn't think I was cool. I, I felt quite awkward really? most of the time because, you know, all the other kids were cool mm. and I was like, 
I don't feel cool. I'm not very good at skating. Um, and I feel like an idiot because <clears throat> I can't do this. But, mm. I, but I want to be here because you've got to learn. Yeah. You've got to learn to be cool somehow. Right, so oh, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah, I was going to hang out with the with the big boys. They were only fourteen, but they felt like <laughs> virtually like adults to me. <laughs> the big boys. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. So, cut, cut a long story short. Um, we were skating innocently in Fletcher's Walk, and suddenly a police riot van turned up. <laughs> a, a riot whole, van. A whole riot van. This is like a big van with like protection you know like a sort of armored fan pulled up and the door swung open and just loads of police all just piled out of this van and just sort of um it was like an organized attack a pincer of, movement yeah and they just suddenly all these police were just all around us and all the skaters just ran Everyone just ran in different directions. And I was left kind of with my skateboard under my arm. Just you? Yeah, just me. And I was like, you know, looking around, all scared. And I decided to make a run for it too, kind of half-heartedly. Because yeah. I thought, I don't know where I'm going to run to. Um, <laughs> so I just sort of casually ran towards the stairs. And next thing I know, big hand on my shoulder. A big, hairy policeman's hand <laughs> grabbed my shoulder. And Come I turned... Sonny, you're not going anywhere. He's like, you're nicked. Come here. And um, I looked round and I was crying, you know, because I was so oh. upset. And I looked up at him with these tears in my eyes, you know, just with the, my, uh, my lip trembling. Because I guess, you know, I guess when you're 12 years old, you probably think, I'm going to go to jail forever. Yeah. I'm never going to see my parents again. I wasn't even, I wasn't even capable of thinking straight. It was more just like, <laughs> you know, I just was really deeply traumatised. Oh, and yeah, I went into sort of a state of shock. I yeah. couldn't even run. Yeah. Next thing you know, policeman's hand on my shoulder. And I thought, you know, you know, all my primary sort of, uh, um, um, you know, ability to think, ability to run, all those things just stopped. Mm. And uh, were, you, were, you, were you shaking? Were you I was shaking? shaking. My knees were shaking. I was crying. I couldn't speak straight. I was deeply, <laughs> deeply upset by the experience. Yeah. And the police officer looked at me and obviously felt pity yeah. towards me. Yeah. And um, he said to me, "Oh, all right, Sonny." I'll let you go. And he was a very friendly, kind of jolly kind of policeman. And he's he, polite. Yeah. And he, he let me go. And, and, and I, I kind of wandered off into the centre of Birmingham. Yeah. And that was actually worse because I was on my own yeah. in the centre of town. I didn't know where I was, how to get back. That's I didn't irresponsible know what, policing. Yeah. I didn't know where my brother was or all of his friends. Did so, you go, did you go and smash a window so you get arrested again? Well, I just went back to where all the police had lined all the skateboarders up against oh, the wall. And I just turned up and I was like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> can you arrest me as well, please? I'm scared, you know. And so they, they were like, all right, come over here. And I kind of stood in line with all these skaters. Did they cuff you? They didn't cuff us, no. Oh. They didn't kind of do any of that. But they just, they basically shouted at us and like, you skaters, always here, making a lot of noise, damaging public property. <laughs> this, you know, we're not arresting you because legally we can't, but we're giving you a strong verbal caution. <laughs> and I want you to write all your, na your names and your telephone numbers down on this piece of paper 
because we're going to personally call your parents. Blimey. You know, and so that was the worst thing, that they were going to call our parents. Did they? Well, yeah, we went home, my brother and I went home, <coughs> admitted it, because we had to, yeah, yeah, yeah. admitted it to the parents, and they were actually really nice about it. Yeah. And uh, when the police phoned, um, my dad got really angry Did with he? the police. Did he? It was like, he was saying stuff like, I think it's terrible the way you've treated these children, they're just children, mm. how, you know, how dare you be so uh, <laughs> angry and aggressive with them. And um, so, in dad, the end... Your dad went but wild on their my, asses. My dad just didn't hold back. <laughs> You know? Jeez, yeah. Yeah. So I felt, in the end, I felt vindicated because my father protected me, stood up for me against the, frankly, brutal uh, <laughs> West Midlands police. Oppressive, oppressive police regime. I yeah. wish I'd just been given a warning. I'd, you know, I, I never told my dad. He still doesn't know about doesn't it. Doesn't he? Well, he no. does now. He does now. Everyone listens to this podcast. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd probably agree with the police, actually. He probably thought, you know, he'd probably say... They did the right thing. They should have yeah. left you in there for longer. I've always thought that, you know, you had criminal, <coughs> criminal, potential criminal tendencies. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, all right, so crime anecdotes, yeah. That's yeah. Good. Okay, so that was uh, my story. And let me explain some of the vocabulary that you heard Andy and me using. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, first of all, I said, I consider myself to be a law-abiding citizen. A law-abiding citizen, that's a, a, a member of society who follows the law. So, someone who doesn't break the law. A law-abiding citizen. If you abide by the law, it means you follow the law. You don't break it. Um, so, I consider myself to be a law-abiding citizen with a few minor indiscretions under my belt. So, if you have, uh, well, a minor indiscretion, that means like a small crime. Um, like, a, you know, a bit like a petty crime. Uh, a minor indiscretion would be a, uh, a small case of when you broke the law. Okay? Uh, under my belt, this means um, in my experience... Uh, if it's under your belt, it means you've done it in your life. Uh, so a few minor uh, a few minor indiscretions under my belt means that you know um, I've done a few little criminal things in my past or in my life. Um, and then I said, but genu generally, I'm quite an honest, law-abiding person, right? 
Uh, when I was 12, I did have a run-in with the police. To have a run-in with the police means that you, um, let's see, you kind of, um, you have some kind of contact with the police, uh, usually because they, you know, you do something wrong and they, they either arrest you or stop you and talk to you about something. To have a run-in with the police, you kind of have some experience where you meet the police, um, usually in a negative way, to have a run-in with the police. Um, next one was, I wasn't a naughty child. Naughty just means badly behaved, right? So naughty. So I wasn't a naughty child. I was quite a well-behaved child, generally. Um, my brother and I were very into skateboarding. To be into something just means that you, you like it and you enjoy doing it, right? Um, if you remember my uh, video, which you can see on YouTube, uh, which is called 16 Ways to Say I Like It, I talk about that expression in that video, um, to be into something. Okay, um, my brother and I were very into skateboarding. Yeah. Um, next one is an indoor shopping precinct. A precinct um, is just another word for like a, a centre. In this case, a shopping centre, a shopping precinct. It's kind of a, a you know a building or part of a building where you have lots of shops indoors. An indoor shopping precinct. Um, in America, they call it a mall or a mall, shopping mall. Um, we call it a shopping centre or a shopping precinct. Um, I felt quite awkward most of the time. Awkward just means kind of embarrassed and uncomfortable, right? Um, and then I said, anyway, right, cut a long story short. Um, and I explained that expression in the last podcast. To cut a long story short is an expression that we use when we're telling a story, but we want to just try and, um, you know, move on and try and tell the story more quickly by you know saying there are more details to this story but i'm just going to move move on and get to the main parts of the story so to cut a long story short uh common expression next one is um, suddenly a police riot van turned up a riot van um is a, a police van uh like a police car big police car um which um, they use if there's a riot. A riot is a big, um, often violent, public um, demonstration. Um, so it's like when there's lots and lots of people in the street and they start smashing things, breaking things, destroying things, usually because they're unhappy about you know, some decision by the government or something. A riot. Um, and a riot van is like a big car in which the police... Uh, a big car which the police use and it's it's protected and armoured so that if the rioters attack the van the van won't be damaged and the police will be safe inside so you know they use riot vans for um, controlling big public um, um, like violent situations riots um, and a riot van turned up well turned up means arrived so uh, a big riot van, uh, a police riot van turned up just means that suddenly this big police car arrived um, and it was quite frightening because this is the kind of police car that they use in a uh, like, you know, public disorder. Um, OK, so 
Okay, a protected van, an armoured van. Um, I said, a, a sort of armoured van pulled up. Well, pull to pull up, that's when a, a, basically a car or a vehicle kind of stops. So, you know, the car kind of goes and stops. The car pulled up. The doors swung open. So swung is the past form of swing. And that's what doors do when they, when they open. They, they swing open. The doors swung open. And lots of police all piled out. So if the police pile out of a van, it means they come out of the van all together, all at the same time, quite quickly. If you can imagine the doors of the van opening and all the police coming out kind of quickly, the police piled out of the van. Um, it was like an organised attack. And uh, Andy said a pincer movement, a pincer movement. That's a kind of... Um, Let's see, um, like the movement that an army would make, a military movement where um, two groups of soldiers attack from different sides. Okay, so there's like one army in the middle and the, the, the other army attack from both sides. Um, it's called a pincer movement. Okay, um, I said, I decided to make a run for it. If you make a run for it, it means you, you try to run away, to make a run for it. Um, I said, uh, I've decided to make a run for it kind of half-heartedly. If you do something half-heartedly, it means you don't do it uh, with, with total enthusiasm or with total effort. You kind of do it with half-enthusiasm or half-effort. But, you know, I decided to run away from the police half-heartedly because I knew that really I couldn't escape. So I kind of ran, but not very quickly. And I didn't really know where to run, so I did it half-heartedly. Um, I said, um, I just casually ran towards the stairs and then there was a big hand on my shoulder. Uh, the policeman said, you're nicked. You're nicked. And this is a um, kind of slang word. Uh, and it means you're arrested. Um, it's a slang word, though. Uh, nicked means arrested. Okay, so it's a typical thing that uh, we, uh, the policemen, are said to say. You know, oi, you're nicked. So it's just slang for you're arrested. The police don't actually say you're nicked anymore. I think maybe they used to say that, but they don't say it anymore, really. Um, I looked up at him with tears in my eyes and my lip trembling. Well, you know what your lips are, right? These are the, right, you use them to kiss with, right? If your lip is trembling, it means your lip is like um, shaking. It happens when you're very nervous or when you're very upset, your lip kind of shakes, yeah? A bit like when you're very cold, your, your whole body's tremble or your hand, your whole body trembles or your hands tremble. Well, when you're very upset, crying, your lip trembles as well. I wasn't even capable of thinking straight. Capable means able to do it. So I wasn't capable of thinking straight just means I wasn't able to think clearly. I wasn't capable of thinking straight. I was just really deeply traumatised. Traumatised means that you were, let's see, when, when something really frightening happens to you, 
and you're sort of very badly affected by it, uh, very badly affected by fear, you're deeply traumatized. Okay, um, it's it's um, yeah. If something like really terrible happens to you, like for example, if you have a a very bad accident or something very scary or frightening happens to you, afterwards you still feel very upset and shocked. That's because you're traumatized. We use the word trauma uh, to mean like a very bad, frightening thing which has a negative effect on you afterwards. Um, Sigmund Freud uh, used to talk about trauma and these were the kind of uh, bad things that happened to you as a child which kind of have a big effect on your personality for the rest of your life. Those are traumas. I don't think my experience with the police really affected me that much but I don't know maybe maybe now I I'm I kind of respect the the law a little bit more because of the trauma I experienced when I was younger who knows anyway um I went into a sort I went into a sort of state of shock so a state of shock that means a condition of shock like a, a shocked condition basically a state of shock uh, next thing I know policeman's hand on my shoulder um, then I said, the policeman looked at me and felt pity. Uh, pity, that's when you feel really sorry for someone. You feel pity for them, right? So he looked at me. I was just a you know, 12-year-old child. Uh, I was crying. My lip was trembling. And the policeman, oh, look at this poor kid. He felt pity towards me, right? Um, he said, all right, Sonny, I'll let you go. Right, so to let someone go means to... Uh, make you know to allow them to be free right to let them go to let them go free uh, that was a good explanation wasn't it um, then I said he was a very friendly kind of jolly kind of policeman jolly means kind of happy and friendly a bit like Father Christmas Santa Claus is jolly you know because he goes oh 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 hello children you know kind of very friendly happy jolly so this guy was a jolly policeman and he let me go. Okay, Sonny, you can go. Go on, I'll let you go. That kind of thing. He was jolly. Um, then Andy said, uh, did they cuff you? And I said, they didn't cuff us. No, to cuff someone means to put someone in handcuffs. Handcuffs are those like uh, it's metal things that the police uh, put around your wrists so that you can't move your hands. Um, when they arrest you, handcuffs. So did they cuff you means did they put you in handcuffs. Um, let's see. I think it's terrible the way you've treated these children. That's what my dad said to the police officer on the telephone. It's terrible the way you've treated these children. To treat someone um, in some way means to kind of uh, act in some way towards someone. So if you can treat someone well, that means you're very nice to that person, you're generous towards them, friendly, uh, you treat them well. But if you treat someone badly, it means you're kind of very rude, very aggressive with them, very unkind, treat them badly. So in this case, my dad was angry with the police officer because he said, you've treated these kids really badly, or uh, I'm, I think it's terrible the way you treated these kids. Um, Right, so that's to treat someone in some way. Um, what else did he say? How dare you? 
How dare you be so angry and aggressive? How dare you is another way in which you angrily complain about um, something that someone has done. If you think that something they've done is completely unacceptable, you can say, how dare you? Um, so in this case, how dare you be so angry and aggressive? And then Andy said, uh, your dad went buck wild on their asses. And that's just a kind of like ridiculous uh, expression that you might hear in America or something. To go buck wild um, just means to go crazy. And uh, to go buck wild on someone's ass means to, uh, to kind of go crazy um, towards someone. Um, in this case, to be kind of angry and aggressive with someone. To go buck wild on, on their ass. Now, your ass is obviously your bottom, the, the part of your body that you sit on. But in American slang, someone's ass also can just mean a person, right? So if you go crazy on someone's ass... It just means you go crazy on, on that person, right? So Andy said it as a kind of joke, really. Uh, just using American slang just to, as a joke, really. Uh, and I said, yeah, my dad didn't hold back. If you hold back, it means you kind of, um, let's see, control yourself. Keep yourself under control. Don't say everything that you, you have in your mind. You just kind of keep yourself controlled. And I said, my dad didn't hold back. So he kind of got quite angry with the police over the telephone. Um, and then I said, in the end, I felt vindicated, right? So, vindicated, what does that mean? Well, it means that you're clear of any guilt. So it means that you, you, you become not guilty, right? So when my dad, you know, defended me uh, against the police, I felt vindicated. I felt that I wasn't guilty anymore, um, okay? Uh, my father stood up for me. To stand up for someone means to kind of uh, support or defend or protect someone, uh, particularly uh, by saying something. Like my dad said, no, my kids didn't do anything wrong. They were just, you know, having fun. So my dad stood up for me. He defended me. Um, right. Um, he, he defended me against the brutal West Midlands police. Now, brutal just means kind of cruel, harsh, aggressive, um, unkind. Um, and again, I'm saying that as a joke, really, because it's, it's kind of a cliche that you say that the West Midlands police are brutal. Um, because I think, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the West, Midlands, the West Midlands police, that's the police in a particular area in the UK, the West Midlands police, they, they were quite brutal. They were quite tough and violent with with um like criminal suspects i don't think they are so brutal anymore but they, they used to be quite famously brutal with criminal suspects so i said that my dad uh defended me against the brutal uh west midlands police right um and andy said yeah an oppressive police regime oppressive um uh, Oppressive is an adjective to use um, when particularly the, the government or the state or the police try to um, control uh, people. Um, you can then describe them as oppressive. So they, 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 keep that, they keep them down, right? Keep the people down, so um, prevent the people from being free. Um, they are oppressive. Um, 
and then I said to Andy, Andy, I always, I've always thought that you had potential criminal tendencies. So if you have criminal tendencies, that means that you have, let's see, the, um, hmm, that you might do criminal things from time to time. So like criminal habits, potential criminal tendencies means um, that you might uh, be the sort of person who has criminal habits. Okay, I'm trying to explain these things very quickly. I recommend that you listen to these conversation parts again after you've listened to me explaining some of the language. So it's probably quite difficult to understand it all because I'm doing it fairly quickly. But um, the advantage of this being a podcast is that you can go back and listen to this again. I, I always recommend that you should listen to these podcasts more than once. Um, because that will really help you to understand um, what I'm saying and uh, to to really sort of get a better understanding and, you know, pick up the language. Um, you know, this is quite intense, really. I know that this is a very long podcast, but um, actually it's quite good intensive listening and intensive studying that you can do from this. Listen to it over and over again. Uh, listen carefully, make notes, um, read the, the notes that I provide for you on the web page. Okay, there's more, there's, there's even more of this. Um, so let's listen to the next part of the conversation. When I was like really, really young, um, my brother always tells me this story that um, we, were, we were in the... Sh I don't remember this, I've got a twin brother, you see. Yeah, what, like identical twin? No, not identical. No, okay. he's, he's a good looking one. Uh, <laughs> we were in this shop and um, we, we were looking at like um, erasers, rubbers. Yeah. And uh, it must have been like five or six or something. Mm. And um, I remember saying to Paul, oh, look at this, it's really cool, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really nice, yeah, you should buy it. Yeah. But I didn't have any money. Um, and then we, le we left the shop and apparently I just reached into my pocket and took the rubber out. Right. And so he's, like, he's, he's going, oh, you didn't pay for that. You didn't pay for that. And I, and I don't remember any of this. Yeah. But we went home and he told my mum. Just, just sort of grasped you up yeah. to your parents. And I think I bought it. I must have bought it. I don't think I deliberately stole it. But, mm. of course, my mum marched. You know, this is what they do. They take you back to the shop and then you have to give it back and apologise. Yeah. I could have killed my brother because I'm sure I bought it. I yeah. don't, I don't yeah. remember. And if yeah. I did steal it, it wasn't... Intentional. intentional, yeah. It's kind of like the manslaughter of, of theft. Yeah. Eraser slaughter. Unintentional theft. I mean, it's, you know, there may have been mitigating circumstances. The fact yeah, that like it didn't happen. That's the mitigating <laughs> circumstance. <laughs> I didn't steal you it. You legitimately purchased it. And of course, you know, you get back and, and who's your mum going to believe? She, she's always, you know... Yeah. It, I, I felt really guilty and I was thinking, oh, maybe I did steal it. And even now, I, I don't know whether I did steal it or not. Yeah. I'm sure I bought it. Yeah. But um, Did you have to go and apologise? Yeah, I had to go back and apologise. Really? And, um, and then, of course, you know, you just feel awful. Yeah. And Were you, you know, crying? Yeah, 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 yeah. My brother was laughing in the background, smiling away. I'm never going to forgive him for that. Yeah. Absolute bastard. <laughs> really, really, yeah. Oh, but yeah, apart from that, I don't think um, I think that's those are my crime days. Yeah, just those two things. Just that. That's it. That's it. Okay. Well, everyone knows about it now. Yeah. You know, the police listen to this podcast as well. Probably going to be. Everyone listens to this podcast. The prime minister, the queen, she'll be <laughs> listening in. If the queen listens, she'll be telling 
all of the police. That she'll she'll phone them up. Hello, um. <laughs> uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to do a Queen's voice. Who's this? This is this is the Queen. No, um, the Queen. Um, I've just heard on Luke's English podcast that Andy Johnson um, is guilty of theft of an eraser, and I I recommend that you uh, track him down and lock him up immediately. In and the, the police, the, the Tower of London. The head of the police will be like, "Yes, yes, Mom. Yes, I I, I have also listened to said <laughs> podcast um, because everyone listens to Luke's English podcast, Mom, and we will be conducting a." Full investigation into the theft of you know the what, razor. They, they're going to they're bring you in as well. You're going to be an accessory. Yeah, possibly. You know, I'll just um, I'll just grass you up. You and your you and your skateboarding. I'll, I'll do a deal with the, with the you're police. Gonna, you're going to be a super grass. <laughs> <laughs> True officer. I'll avoid. Uh, he, he told me other things as well before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. He frame me. Okay, so that's uh, Andy's story. To be honest, like listening back to that again, to me, I think Andy's guilty. Um, if I was a judge listening to that, listening to the evidence, I would actually, um, I'd find Andy guilty of theft there. Because if you listen to the story, basically what he said was, he was really, really young, he went to a shop with his brother, they were looking at these erasers in the shop, and uh, they saw one, Andy saw one that he thought was really great, a really great eraser, right? And... Um, his brother said, yeah, you should buy that. But Andy, apparently, according to the story, didn't have any money, so he couldn't buy it. But then they left the shop, and later on, Andy took the eraser out of his pocket, right? And his brother then accused him of stealing it. Andy denied it, said, no, I didn't do it, I didn't steal it. And then Andy's brother told uh, their mother, and um, the, the mother believed Andy's brother and made Andy go back to the shop and apologise. But even now, Andy um, says that he didn't steal it. But Andy, right, I know that you're listening to this, because, you know, everyone listens to Luke's English podcast. Andy, I, I, I would like to say this to you. If you think that you bought the eraser, how did you buy it? Because you said at the beginning of the story that you had no money at the time. So you must have stolen it. Therefore... You're guilty of the crime of theft, and I think that the Her Majesty's police force should immediately go round to your house and arrest you, quite frankly. So um, hopefully, Andy, you'll be locked up for quite a few years because, you know, I think the society needs to be protected from ruthless criminals such as yourself. And... Um, as well as that, you need to learn. You just need to learn that stealing is wrong. Okay, Andy? Thanks. Right. Now, let me try and explain really quickly some of the language that uh, Andy and I used in that conversation. Here we go. Right, Andy said, um, I, I've got a twin brother. And I said, what, identical twin? And he said, no, non-identical. He's the good-looking one. Right, so a twin, we know it's like a brother or sister that was born at the same time as you. And uh, an identical twin is one who looks exactly the same as you. Uh, so um, Andy has got a twin, but his twin isn't identical. Um, so uh, they were in the shop looking, looking at uh, erasers. An eraser is made of rubber. Uh, in England, we call them rubbers or erasers. You use them to correct... Um, 
things that you've written or drawn with pencil, uh, an eraser. Um, Andy reached into his pocket and took the rubber out. So if you reach in, it means you kind of put your arm, put your hand into your pocket. Uh, he reached into his pocket. Um, okay. Um, and I, uh, Andy's brother grasped him up. So I said, uh, what, your brother sort of grasped you up to your parents. If you grasp someone up, it means that you tell someone uh, that you've done something wrong. Um, so in this case, Andy's brother told their mother that Andy had stolen the rubber. So Andy's brother grasped Andy up to his mother. You can also grasp someone up to the police. So tell the police that someone has committed a crime. You grasp them up. Okay, so uh, he just sort of grasped Andy up to his parents. Um, and um, let's see. Andy said, if I did steal it, it wasn't intentional. So intentional means that you did it on purpose. You intended to do it, right? Uh, you meant to do it. But Andy said that it was unintentional. He didn't mean to do it. It was kind of an accident. And I said, what? It was like the manslaughter of theft. Now, manslaughter is basically um, unintentional murder. So when you kill someone and you're responsible for killing them, um, it's called manslaughter. Um, uh, hold on. If you kill someone, you're responsible for doing it, so it was your fault entirely, and you intended to do it, meaning you wanted to do it, that means it's murder. If you kill someone, it was just your responsibility, no one else's fault, just your fault, but you didn't actually want to do it, that's called manslaughter. It's still a very serious crime. Now, I made a joke here because um, Andy says that he stole the uh, eraser by accident. He stole it, it was his fault, but he didn't want to do it. So I said, what, that's like the manslaughter of theft. Yeah, kind of, kind of a funny joke, but you're probably not laughing. You're probably just confused by that. But uh, anyway, that's what I said. Um, what else? Yeah, um, I said, yeah, the, uh, mitigating circumstance. A mitigating circumstance is like um, something that happens in a crime which makes the crime less serious. Okay, for example, if you, um, um, you know, mental illness, like if someone is, is mentally ill uh, and they commit a crime, then the mental illness will make the crime less serious because, you know, perhaps they, they weren't really in control, right? Uh, mental illness, um, let's say a mitigating circumstance, something that the, the judge will consider that to make the crime less serious. Um, I said, you legitimately purchased it. If you do something legitimately, it, it means you do it legally, right? You do it kind of honestly, legally. Um, okay. Um, I said, we will be conducting a full investigation into the theft of the eraser. That means that, you know, that's what the police said. To conduct an investigation means to do an investigation or carry out an investigation. Um, right. Um... And he said, they're going to bring you in as well. That means they're going to actually, the police are going to bring me into the police station. They're going to arrest me. Uh, I'm going to be an accessory. If you're an accessory to a crime, it means you don't actually commit the crime, but you help someone commit the crime. You're an accessory to uh, the crime. Um, 
And then I said, I'll just grass you up. So I, I meant that I, I will just uh, tell the police all of the things that Andy has done. Uh, and then Andy said, what, you're going, to, you're going to be a super grass. Well, a super grass is like someone who um, uh, kind of tells the police about a big crime that someone else has committed. Um, so, you know, if you can imagine there's a big bank robbery and one person tells the police about um, the names of the robbers and where they live, uh, that person would be called a supergrass. And Andy said to me, Luke, you'll frame me. To frame someone means to set someone up as uh, the guilty person of a crime when actually they didn't uh, commit the crime. So um, to frame someone, yeah, it just means that you, uh, you kind of make someone get arrested by the police when actually they didn't commit the crime or they're not guilty. Um, so it's, yeah, to make an innocent person um, guilty, basically, uh, to frame them. Yeah, another great explanation. Yeah, that was sarcasm. Anyway, check the, check the webpage. You can see the word written down. And then you can just check it in a dictionary or something. Right, now I'm definitely running out of time here, so I'm not going to explain the next bit. You're just going to listen to it. Here it is. Yeah, uh, I haven't really had any other brushes with the law, but I had a similar kind of thing. Mm. Actually, mine's much worse. Hang on, though. You say that, but mm. I'm sure I saw on your Facebook page or something like that, you had a whole photo album of you breaking the law oh, in Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was hilarious. That's true, yeah. Yeah, but um, we didn't get, caught, didn't get caught for it. But yeah, yeah, I went to Canada in 1997. You might be wanted by Interpol. Maybe the Mounties. The Mounties. The Mounties always get their man. They do. They're going to chase after me and get me. But um, <laughs> you, they, they might even make a sort of uh, a light-hearted drama about it. <laughs> like a, a, a Canadian Mountie travels to London in order to track down a real an infamous criminal. Fish out of water. Yeah. Riding around Regent Street on his, uh, on his, on his, on his, his horse. horse. And then, hey, so I came to England. I don't know why he sounds like that. Anyway. Came to uh, England, eh? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I went to Canada uh, mm. in, in 1997 with my cousin um, when we were about 18 or 19 or something. Yeah. And uh, we, um, we were just travelling across Canada um, uh, for a holiday, and we decided to make this kind of photo album mm. of um, all these stupid things. Because, I mean, we kept seeing these signs. I mean, you've, you've seen the photos. Yeah, yeah. We kept seeing these signs everywhere, things like, do not walk on the grass, um, you know, stuff like that, don't pick the flowers. Yeah. And we just decided that we would take photographs of ourselves breaking all of these little bylaws. <laughs> um, so it, it, you know, it does result in quite an amusing um, photo album on uh, on Facebook. It is very good. I mean, it, it, and it's obvious what you're doing as well. There's, I think there's one picture of you, or maybe it was your cousin, standing on the grass next to uh, "Don't Stand on the Grass." Sign. Yeah. And there's people behind you staring at you <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. with like hate in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Look at those monsters I'm standing quite, on the grass. I'm quite fond of the one that's in a shopping centre, and there's a big sign, like a massive sign. With a, you know, it's a no smoking sign. It yeah. says no smoking with a big red circle and a cross <laughs> through it. And it says, you know, um, up to $3,000 fine for smoking. And then standing next to the sign is my cousin lighting a cigarette. Lighting a cigarette, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, quite amusing. And isn't there one with you next to a picture saying no photos? Or no, no, no <laughs> photographs? <laughs> uh, possibly, I don't oh, remember yeah. that one. There's no. one that says do not touch. 
we were in a museum and yeah. there's like a sort of a suit of armour. And you're touching and it. And it says, do not touch, and I'm just standing there with my hand on the suit of armour. <laughs> it's quite pathetic, really, just breaking these laws. Yeah, made me but laugh, though. Quite funny photos. I'll, I'll you, put you, the photos on the, on the podcast. You should, yeah. You, you're probably the most wanted man in Canada. They don't yeah. have any crime there. No, they don't, they no. except for tourists. That probably counted as a crime wave. Yeah. It probably had the, the Mounties baffled during yeah. the summer of 97. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I still think this. that if I went back to Canada... They wouldn't let you in. They wouldn't let me in. They'd bang me up. They is, that, would... is that why you've been growing your hair, so they don't recognise yeah. you? Yeah. That's one of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need right. more than that, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, cool, great. Thanks for sharing those sound No, notes. you're welcome. Is, is the Queen really going to listen to it, though? Yeah. Oh, no. Everyone listens to this. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm going to be in big trouble. It's going to be my last Christmas as a free man. Yeah, sh the Queen will personally turn up at your doorstep. Um, Andy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be in the Queen's speech. Is it? You'll sit round Christmas Day. Oh, it's the Queen's speech. Let's sit round and watch the Queen's speech. This is how your family speaks for some reason. I'm going on the Queen's run. speech. Oh, let's stick the Queen's speech on, shall we? Everyone will be sat there with a glass of sherry. Uh, stomachs filled with turkey and she'll do, she'll stuffing. Do, she'll do a usual thing where she talks about all the great things that have happened this year and then she goes, on a slightly sadder note, <laughs> <laughs> from one of my recent perusals of Luke's English podcast, <laughs> I have been drawn to my attention. <laughs> there is a criminal on the loose in England. His name is Andy Johnson and we must lock him up <laughs> immediately. And people are going to leave their houses with bats and, and they're going to come like a, an angry mob knocking on, banging on my father's door. Send him out, Colin. We know he's in there. We know Send he's out there. Andy. <laughs> There'll be like burning torches, pitchforks. Effigies, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm skipping out you know, to Rio. You know where you should go? <laughs> Ca don't, Canada. Don't, don't tell them. Canada. Shh. Canada. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Rio, yeah, Rio, yeah, Rio, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I say Rio, I mean, well, Rio, yeah. Canada, yeah. yeah. But I mean Canada. Why? Go to go to Canada. There's, it's lawless. The Mounties are rubbish. <laughs> you know, you can commit as many crimes as you like. They're there for decoration. They, they, they don't even batten an eyelid. You know, they don't. They don't care really. No. 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 They're very tolerant. They're very liberal. They are very tolerant, especially to English tourists. I think my crimes pale into significance compared to what you did. Really? Yeah, so if you, if you can get away with it, I'm going to get, you think get that, away with it. You think that my, my crimes are more serious? Mm. So... Back yeah. to the Queen's speech. I don't, know. Probably, I don't know about that. I think throwing a snowball at a police station... I didn't throw it. No, you threw a snowball at a police station. Oh, I did do that, yeah. But... You can't prove it, though. You were, you were kind of an accessory to the throwing of a snowball S at a policeman's hat, Snow which salt. then fell on the floor... And that's that's one of the worst. That's that's you know, people used to get hung, drawn, and quartered for that in the Middle Ages. The thing is, if you know Gareth, he's 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 a good guy, but he's not much of a sportsman, and I, he he can't have been deliberately trying to do that. There is if if you mm. if you gave him a hundred snowballs and asked him to hit a policeman's hat at the distance of about twenty meters, he would never ever ever be able to do. Maybe it again. he was aiming for the face, <laughs> yeah. which. For me, it's an aggravated circumstance. Aggravated assault. He's a lucky man. Yeah, you could, that could count as an assault. Well, that's what they. Well, that's what they were talking about. They were, that's when they brought us in, 
we, you know, I think Gareth said, why the hell are you arresting me? And he goes, well, you just assaulted a police officer. Yeah. But I think they realised he didn't really. I think you can imagine yeah. that police officer writing the, the, the notes on that yeah. crime. Yeah. You know, details of crime, uh, snowball attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Killer snowball attack. Yeah, festive snowball attack. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, thank you. Nice one. <clears throat> Okay, that's the end of the conversation. That's the end of this podcast as well. I think this is probably the longest one that I've done so far, possibly. I really, really wonder if there is anyone out there who's still listening. Um, I expect that most people who downloaded this stopped listening after about, probably about 10 minutes, I expect. But uh, if you're still listening, then, you know, as always, you're one of those extra special, wonderful special listeners who listens to the whole podcast and gets the full quality from start to finish. Um, just to briefly say something about the last part of the conversation that you listened to, um, Andy and I were talking about um, a, a journey to Canada that I made in 1997. And on that journey with my cousin, I took some funny photographs where it was pictures of me and my cousin breaking laws, um, not very serious ones, more kind of just small bylaws, like little laws. For example, signs that say, um, you know, no smoking or uh, don't walk on the grass. And there's just photographs of us breaking all those laws. So I'll put those photographs on the web page and you can see them. Uh, they're, they're quite amusing. I'm sure you'll agree. They're, they're quite funny. Um, so, yeah, that's the end of this podcast. Super long, extra long podcast. Um, that's it. Thanks a lot. Bye, 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 bye. You are a unique person. A person of refined and sophisticated taste. A person who listens to each episode of Luke's English Podcast from start to finish and sends me emails and money. So why not indulge yourself by running a lovely hot bath, eating some rich dark chocolate, and remember that you are a very special person. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.